apparently, according to Jordan Schultz, they threatened him. They threatened him to make him an inactive for the rest of the season if he didn't remove those injury guarantees. Two days on Halloween after a win. How does that make any sense? Like you guys are the ones that rewarded him the damn contract. You guys are the ones that put that clause in the contract. This is just another reason George Payton. If it, if I find out George Payton's the one that is that decided to extend Russell Wilson after trading him and not the ownership, I'm sure it was like a collaborative thing. But if right. I find out George Payton's the one that initiated that, good lord, man. He, I'm sorry, I'm more mad at him than Russell Wilson. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell. And uh, we have now a reoccurring guest, uh, Peyton Henson, back on the show. As What's you guys can remember, we had him on uh, about a week or so ago. Um, he's filling in for uh, the absent uh, Jordan Lopez and Jay Mack. Um, they'll be, they'll be, uh, Jordan will be back on the, uh, the next episode. So, um, let's go ahead and uh, as you guys can tell from the title of the episode, we're going to be talking about a great deal of things. Broncos country, man. So much news recently, so much drama, especially, man, the drama has been just way too much recently, it feels like. Yeah. But we're still here to break it all down, um, preview the Denver Broncos Week 17 matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers come into this one at 5-10, and 10, the Broncos below 500, unfortunately. It's going to be their second home game in a row at 7-8 and eight on CBS at 225 Mountain Time, 425 Eastern. Broncos football, man, it's uh, it's unfortunate. Um if they don't get any kind of a miracle in these last two games, these might be the last two games they have all the way until uh, next September. So it's, right. it's, it's unfortunate, man, uh, that it had, it, it honestly flew by. It feels like just yesterday we were giving up 70 points to the dolphins. <laughs> and uh, we're also, also just yesterday we were on a five game win streak. Uh, yeah. I w- wish I could have that, that feeling back, but Peyton, how's it, how's it feel to be back on the show, man? How are you feeling? Feeling good, man. Uh, you know, it's, you know, warm warmish for a winter morning uh so happy yeah, about that and uh you know get to talk broncos can't be can't be too upset about that really the main thing like you said it's just how much everything changes on a week-to-week basis it's kind of funny uh, dude the last like... time the last time we had it on the show we were apologizing to russell wilson <laughs> now here we are dude. here crazy. we are man here we are and you and i had had our conversations in the past too just kind of like whether or not we thought that this was going to happen but it was kind of just a lot more uncertainty and then just it felt like out of nowhere almost kind of got hit by that but yeah it's this you per, you said it perfectly like the nfl is so different on a week-to-week basis it can be one week where literally me and you were on the show apologizing to russell wilson saying he's going to be back next year to now literally being benched and by the way perfect intro into our segment diana russini who i actually did not catch this on our last episode um because it was reported like hours after i finished recording and uploading mm-hmm. Diana Rossini reported the Broncos are expected to uh, move on from Russell Wilson this offseason. And she even has apparently has sources that have said Russell Wilson has known for weeks now that they want to cut him this offseason. That is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. <clears throat> that blew my mind. I'm still a little bit confused. You know, I'm curious to see what all comes out at the end of this all. But yeah. um, just I'm sure you keep up with uh, Brandon Perno as best as you can. He was talking about the timing of it all is what makes no sense. They were saying that supposedly it was after the Chiefs win. And That's, yeah. that is so, just surprising to me. It would make more sense if it was two weeks prior, you know, at that Chiefs loss or even uh, prior to that when we were any time during that one in five skid that we started off the season with. It was 
pretty bleak at first, but I think no one expected that win streak to kind of <laughs> pop out of nowhere. And yeah, well, here we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, and the thing is like, I understand what Perna's saying and it's like the timing does suck, but it's not yeah. even, it's not even that. Cause I can't say you're being hypocritical. I was literally on the show after the chiefs win, mm -hmm. saying uh, Stidham should, uh, sh should jump into the starting lineup. Um, but um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later in the show, but Man, it's the it's the fact that and let's go and bring it up. Jordan Schultz, I also didn't get to mention this on our last episode. He mm -hmm. reported that the Broncos, after that week six win against uh, or excuse me, the week eight win against the Kansas City Chiefs, very dominant win, fifteen point victory. I you know, I I, I still think the Broncos left a lot of points on the board. Um, but after that win, it's the fact that they came to him wanting to remove that injury guarantee after week eight. It's like if you're going to get him out of the, if you're going to, they apparently, according to Jordan Schultz, they threatened him. They threatened him to make him an inactive for the rest of the season. If he didn't remove those injury guarantees two days on Halloween after a win, how does that make any sense? Like you guys are the ones that rewarded him the damn contract. You guys are the ones that put that clause in the contract. This is just another reason George Payton. If, it, if I find out George Payton's the one that, is that decided to extend Russell Wilson after trading him and not the ownership. I'm sure it was like a collaborative thing, but if right. I find out George Payton's the one that initiated that, good Lord, man. he. I'm sorry. I'm more mad at him than Russell Wilson. <laughs> I'm really no, yeah. like, and I'm so, it's annoying. I totally agree with that, actually. But yeah, no, the main thing too I think of is it really does come down to I think George Payton's gone regardless after this season. I just think when you look at the track record, everything that's happened, I think he's there's been way too much for him to stay here and for exactly. us to actually believe that he's going to lead us in a competent direction. Um, but, you know, I remember when Russ got the extension before ever playing a snap. It was definitely a storyline, but there was some people claiming that it was George Payton who wanted that to happen. And there were some people claiming that it was directly ownership wanting to make a big splash. Yeah. We'll probably never know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only thing I do think it's worth being at least noted is Jordan Schultz has been close to Russ's camp and Russ himself for years. He's reported on Russ and the Seahawks just before he uh, started moving over towards, you know, broader NFL standards and everything like that. He was mostly focused on Seattle. And so it's hard to say because on one hand, it's likely that, you know, you'd want to help your buddy out and paint it in the best narrative for him. But on the other hand, too, because of his track record with Russ specifically and Team 3, it's been pretty reliable. So. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Mike Cliss actually came out very first before anybody and said yeah. that he was very, very like a like affirmative on this. He said this has nothing to do with Russ's contract or any kind of financial, any kind of financial things. It has everything to do with his play and wanting a spark in the offense. And then you have Jordan Schultz comes out. I remember I saw that tweet. I was like, whoa. That yeah. is a, a bold, a bold thing to say. And there's so much detail in that report. And like you like you said, George Schultz has such close uh, ties to Russ's camp. He's been breaking Russell Wilson news for years now, mm -hmm. even before he got super big this year. He's already mm -hmm. like he's one of the best in the biz this year. That's why I have to take it with more, you know, his report right. with more respect. Like I know it's Mike Kliss, but to be fair, I hate to be that guy, but I'm always going to be honest on the show. I'll keep you got 100 with you guys all the time. And I, I love Mike Kliss. I always come to him for news and everything mm -hmm. and ask him questions. Like 
at the end of the day, he has close ties to George Payton. <laughs> and then George Holtz has close ties to Russell Wilson. It yeah. kind of made me think like, did Russell Wilson and his camp kind of get pissed off by this news? And it was like, Jordan, here you go. Just take off with it. Like that, yeah. that's kind of where it, what it looks like. I totally agree. Honestly, like you said it exactly how I think. And especially when you look at Russ's likes on Twitter, like he's not, Russ has never been the guy to come out on, whether it's in a game after at the press conference, wherever it is that you're talking, Russ is never that guy that's going to publicly criticize anyone other than himself typically. Yeah. So for like him liking things on Twitter, as far as I'm concerned, he is like so done probably, but yeah, I mean, it's tough to say they both have their alliances, which is, where there's probably some truth in the middle, but I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt, I guess. It makes sense from a business standpoint. It sucks for us as a guy, but I mean, I uh, let's talk Broncos over there. I'm pretty sure it was Joey that was talking about it. He was saying Russ is a great quarterback if you can have him for 15, 25 mil a year at max, like for the next two years, but we're locked into the seven-year contract or whatever it is as of right now. And he's not playing to that level. So, like, yeah, it sucks. I feel bad for the man, but it's also just the way the business rolls sometimes. Yeah, his and I, I hate you know, it's kind of silly talking about it, but his likes on Twitter, like yeah. liking stuff about outperforming Mahomes statistically, liking stuff about someone saying that uh, that throw from the Bills game was one of the best throws of the season, even though he's probably going to get cut this offseason. Like, that was insane to me. Like he's yeah. always usually just only liking like spiritual stuff and like um, yeah. Bible, like all you know, Bible qu- quotes and all that stuff. Like I don't really look at a lot of it, but like you see on his story and like what he likes on Instagram, this is like something I was very shocked to see. To, and to be honest, like, and I'm sure he's, I'm sure that was him. Maybe by a chance it was someone you know co-owning, running his account, but I, I doubt it. Honestly, I think that was Russell Wilson and. It's it's bold, man. I wrote about it for uh, predominantly orange. Make sure you guys check that out. Link in description. Like it's bit a bit a bit um bit a bit shocking to say the least. And um I think it's tough because like you look at the reasons as to why Mike Kliss was reporting what he was reporting, and then what Jordan Schultz is reporting, and you can definitely see both angles, um for sure. And I just really struggle to like like understand like and the whole thing with Russ's contract is like. Yeah, you wanted to get ahead of the market. That's why you 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 did that deal. But at the same time, you didn't see a single snap from him. And also, if you're getting ahead on the market, what what is that logic? He's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL still after a year year or so after making that contract. Like, I understand it was a long term deal, but you are the market. You're trying to get ahead of the market. You are the market. Like, yeah. you're still one of the highest paid quarterbacks in football, and he has not produced at all. And you still gave him that contract before not even seeing a single snap at training camp. Yeah, it makes no sense. So you just made me think of this. If we never extended him, would he be a free agent at the end of this year? I honestly, I think, I think he would have been. Yeah. Cause they, he was on like a two year deal. They extended so, him like five more years so that, yeah, he would have been a free agent after this year. I'm that pretty that's sure. crazy to me because we're in the same boat looking at moving on to me. Yeah. Like you said, like, Actually, so this ties into one thing I wanted to bring up. I read an article this morning. I was sipping some coffee from uh, The Athletic, and they were just talking about the Russell Wilson trade and when it happened, how George Payton said something to a uh, coach at the time, Nate Hackett, and said, hey, so yeah, go pull up the film from Russ after they had traded for him. And 
Nathaniel Hackett kind of joked to him, like, I don't need to watch the film. He's been beating my ass for 10 years. And so on one hand, that is a definite joke. You can kind of tell, but it's also like, how the hell do we get into a spot where we're giving up five draft picks and what was it? Three players on top of that Four. Yeah, this is it's absurd to me that, you know, if you would have watched the film, you probably wouldn't have extended him. You probably wouldn't have given up so much. I don't know. It's it's tough, but I, I still to this day will fight until the end of time to say that contract that they gave him was worse than the, the trade that they gave up. I I'm still I'm I'm really not even pissed about the trade. You had to do what yeah. you had to get to to get Russell. I mean, it was Russell Wilson. But at the end of the day, that contract, man, we could have just been done with him after this year. Exactly. And maybe if I'm wrong, maybe he has another year left on a deal. Fine. It, it wouldn't have been that much of a of a contract anyways. No. It just usually that last year is sense. pretty releasable too on contracts. But they're about to have an eighty-five million dollar dead cap it because of the because of George Payton. Yeah. And do I need to remind people, like you just said, he hired Nathaniel Hackett and the way that they went about this is just it's the most sloppy, ugly, like act of like GMing and head coaching I've ever seen, ever. Agreed. The other thing too that just kills me in the last, you know, the Peyton tenure. Um the free agent classes have been just abysmal, which I guess the Randy Gregory contract should have probably been, you know, a warning to us that he was going to give us a big fat contract when he probably didn't deserve it. Yeah. But um, yeah, just things like that. We just keep getting ourselves into these spots where we have to cut bait with players and are then asking people who have little to no reps to step up in the middle of the season. But yeah. And like Lucas Krolferg, just as an example, has done a great job and I'm glad that, you know, he's been able to produce as well as he has, but, Truthfully, he shouldn't be in the position to make the game-winning catch against the Texans and stuff like that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what it, before we jump into our keys to victory and the injury report and all that? What, what's your uh, what's your take on like how they how they handle the situation? Because I posted a clip on Twitter of his uh, his last mic'd up uh, moment, uh, his last actual just mic'd up uh, with the Denver Broncos. Likely, um, I highly doubt he's going to be on the team next year. And a bunch mm-hmm. of people, there's so many split opinions. Some people are like. Um, the Broncos treat him poorly, don't like seeing this, it's hard to watch. And then you have the other people who are like, it's a business at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do. And um, just what is your overall like opinion on the Broncos just benching Russell Wilson to begin with? Because obviously, I, I personally, I agree with it. Um, the whole contract stuff, with, about, if that's true what Jordan Schultz said after week eight, that's that's bullshit. That's a horrible look on the franchise. I, um, I do understand though, I will have to say, this is organizational practice. Like I saw someone mention this on Twitter. I do like them approaching Russell Wilson about this, but when you threaten him for his spot because of a money situation, now that is terrible. You're That's the nice. one that put him in that situation. I don't blame Russell Wilson. I'm keeping my I keep my damn money. It's my money. Absolutely. You signed me to the contract literally last year. I could understand if we're like at that point, like seven and one or something like that, and we're looking like a Super Bowl contender. All right, yeah, I, we're going for the, but like, it, it, it's his money. You signed him that contract. But before I ramble on more, like, what is your thoughts on uh, the Broncos benching Russ and the way they did it? Um, yeah, I mean, the timing, I guess, is a little bit weird. I guess you probably say the reason why is, you know, coach says it's looking for a spark. We're pretty much essentially out of the playoff race, all but entirely, like you said, short of a miracle. So that's probably what it is, if you ask me. It's, good part of that they're like all right well 
we're officially out of the playoff race. We can kind of move on, look in the new direction, see, take a look at Stidham. Um, but yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I like kind of mentioned it earlier. I feel bad for us as a person. Um, I think he's yeah. a great guy and I think he does still have good football left. I just think he needs a lot of pieces around him, which get really hard to put in place when you're paying him 50 plus mil a year. And you know, um, so it is kind of a business decision. And I think it makes sense from both that aspect as well as just looking for a spark because truth be told, our offense has been very hard to watch recently ever since our uh, win streak pretty much. But we did have that one really good game against the Chargers, obviously, which gives me some hope heading into this week. Um, but the Texans lost, the Lions lost, and the Patriots, man, that one was probably the worst out of the three in my opinion. But yeah, it's and just for Russell Wilson personally, I wanted mm-hmm. to see him succeed so bad. It really did. Yeah, I was one of his biggest defenders last year. As as, as much as people don't believe that, I really, I really was. But this year, like I just tell it how I see it, man. Like I saw it ever yep. since that first Chiefs game this year. Like it, he's not the same. I I, I hate to say it, and it's messed up the way that with that whole Jordan Schultz report, but at the end of the day, it's a business, it's a production based business. And when you don't play to the standards of the organization and your offense and the expectations, especially the money that you're, you're given it's tough, man. It's, yep. and I, I hundred percent agree. I think they should have, uh, in my opinion, I believe that maybe I don't want, I don't want to go out and say it, but like maybe a benching should have happened sooner. Maybe it happened at the right time. Who knows, man, they're they're trying to play the hot hand, and the Broncos are winning mm-hmm. football games, so they just kind of kept them in. But although I do feel like the defense just deserves so much more credit for that that five game winning streak. But like oh, yeah. I said in the episode when you were on, like he was making plays when the plays are breaking down, and maybe we we really should have uh, gotten sacked in that play. Maybe if it was a Jared Sidham, it would have been a sack, and he didn't make up for it. So I'll give him credit for that, but there was more negative plays than there were positive plays. And because of that, I feel like this offense is severely held back for not even just recently December or one and three, but further back into the season too. Yeah. And I think really the other thing too, when you look at the main reason in terms of looking for a spark, like why that actually might make sense. Some people online I've seen just, they're like really Jarrett Stidham. Like you think he's going to do any better than Russ. And it's just, it's simply not as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, the, the type of offense that Sean is looking to run involves a lot of, Hey, step back, hit this pass. Like you need to hit this target and Russ isn't doing it. And it's, it's not always his fault. Definitely. And like you said, he makes some incredible plays, but it's also the plays where he scrambles back for 15 yards and gets sacked or fumbles while trying to scramble up out of the middle. And just little things like that are drive killers and momentum killers. I feel like, so hopefully, um, Stid can step into a pretty easy game manager role and get some help from the people around him. But yeah, man, we'll have, we'll just have to see, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Shots is actually good for this on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people think that Sean made it hard for Russ or he, he was literally trying he was trying to make it easy. His job, Russ's job easier for him. And to prove that the statistics show like the Broncos are first in percentage of plays outside of the pocket. Russ obviously excels outside of the pocket. First in percentage of targets behind the line of scrimmage, making it much easier for the, the skill players to do things, not Russ, and just for him to simply manage the game. And then fifth in percentage of targets downfield. Fifth in percentage of targets downfield. So they're still doing stuff behind the line of scrimmage and downfield. 
and yeah. it, it just it just never worked out. I'm really excited to see uh, Jarrett sit in this week. Um, there's a lot of backup quarterbacks starting around the uh, the NFL. Um, probably the most you've seen in a long time, just because it's becoming more prevalent in the NFL, where you see a lot of like veteran quarterbacks getting benched because not necessarily teams giving up on the season, but wanting to see what they have out of their bench. And I, I guess that's what the Broncos are doing with Sidham at this point. But um, I genuinely do believe Sean Payton is making this decision to uh, get a spark out of Jarrett Sidham. Um, I don't think it's necessarily that they're benching Russ at this point just because it's solely financially related. Because when they have made that decision a little bit, you know, a little bit more down the road previous in the season. Also, why are they suiting up Russ if it's a if it's a thing with fearing him getting injured? Because what if something happens to Stidham and Russ goes in the game? Yeah. Are they are they gonna just make red, Russ a red shirt for this game? Like I don't think it's necessarily just that. Um, so I'm not completely denying Jordan Schultz support, but I do see where Mike Kliss is coming from this for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I'm curious to see if they uh end up trying to elevate Danucci or not. Yeah, just just because I, even if it isn't motivated by if you're going to bench Russ, like, I don't know, it feels weird to have him sitting there dressed as a number two backup making as much as he is, I guess. Maybe that's just the weird part for me just to try and think about that. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's just solely based on Sean wanting to see a spark on the offense, yeah. them, them jump up in production. Um, ben DiNucci, he's out of practice squad elevation, so they would have to sign to the active roster within the next two days. So that'll be an interesting uh, situation to pl- uh, play out. They promised right. him, they made it, uh, DiNucci and the Broncos made a deal like before the season that they would give him three elevations for um, just out of respect for him uh, yeah. for a nice paycheck. So good. that's one of the good things the Broncos did uh, for their quarterbacks. One I of the was good gonna things. say, you hear stories like that too, and it just makes it even more confusing. Confusing. <laughs> so let's uh pain let's go ahead and jump into a good uh conversation on that for that matter um these keys to victory first i'll jump into the injury report um broncos it feels like man when the world is uh crashing down it's really crashing down because a lot of injuries appeared on the the report this week especially on uh thursday um baron browning was a dnp two days in a row with a concussion just very rough, man. We're going to lose him right when uh, Nick Benito is returning. He's returning from his knee injury. He should be good to go Sunday. Greg Dulcich, DNP, two, two straight days. Honestly, I don't expect him. I, I don't I don't see them uh, playing him this week or the next week. Like, why no. would you play him? Uh, unless, for, for whatever reason, the Broncos have some miracle chance at the playoffs. Don't see him playing this season. Right. Um, Chris Manners is a DNP Thursday with rest. So was Mike Purcell. Justin Simmons dealing with the illness has not practiced two straight days. So he might practice today and then play on Sunday. That would be my expectation, but I don't know how severe his illness is. I'm not too sure what he's coming down uh, with there. Um, Cortland Sun also uh, two straight days of not practicing with a concussion in the concussion protocol. But there is there is optimism that he could practice today and go for Sunday. We'll have yeah. to see. He did work on the side yesterday. Marvin Mims uh, limited on Thursday with a hamstring inju- injury. Very rough because I'm I'm really excited to see what he could look like with uh, Sidham this week. Um, yeah. And then, like I said, Benito should play. Alex Palcheski was a full practice coming off the IR with the knee injury. They officially did not activate him yet. My expectation is he's going to be inactive these last two weeks. And then Samaj P. Ryan rest. Um, he should be good to go. Um, then for the Chargers, 
Keenan Allen uh, was a DNP two straight days with that heel injury. He might come back. I'm not too sure if he will. Josh Palmer also uh, dealing with concussion, did not practice. Um, and then Kenneth Murray did not practice on Thursday, popped up with a shoulder injury. And then a good amount of uh, six other players limited for the Chargers. If you guys want to yeah. check that out, check out the Chargers uh, injury report on Twitter. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, jump into this injury, or excuse me, the keys to victory. Um, my first play clean football Broncos got to limit turnovers and penalties on offense um something we saw a little bit of an issue with uh in the preseason with Jared Siddham in that Niners game and uh and I believe another game as well that kind of he kind of was turning the ball over a little bit making poor decisions so that's something I want to see improved for uh this game and his first uh start for the Denver Broncos his first start since last year um, with the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, so I, I think the only way the Chargers are going to stay in this game is if the Broncos shoot themselves in the foot like they get, did against the Patriots. Nobody saw us losing that game against the Patriots. Very few analysts did, but we somehow found out the best Denver Broncos way to lose the game. So I'm really hoping uh, Jarrett Sidham can uh, propel this offense. And uh, please just get off to a much better start this week than last week because yeah. I, I, I'm not too sure if my mental health can take that again. No. <laughs> No, seriously, though, I think you said a lot of it really well there, too. One of the things I really want to see in terms of keys to victory as well is can we force turnovers? And if we can, can we score off those? You know, that's, I think that's going to be a big thing. It sounds a little cliche, obviously, but that was really the key. I think, like you said, in that win streak that we had, our defense played a major, major part in that. Um, maybe even the most significant, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so that is really going to be one of the biggest things. And then. We were just talking about the injury report. We're banged up. So are the Chargers. So it's just going to be kind of that next man up mentality. You know, uh, Baron Browning, like you said, going out as soon as Nick Benito gets back. So hopefully him and Jay Coop can put in some good work, put on some pressure onto the pocket, stop the run, all that. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be one of the biggest things. Um, and Judy, too. See if uh, see if he can actually step up to fill the shoes if. Marvin and especially if court aren't able to make it to go this week. So I agree. Uh, another thing speaking on, to, uh, on the topic of playmakers, I think uh, the biggest thing this week besides uh, playing clean football is giving your playmakers the opportunities to make plays. The Chargers defense is 30th in the NFL, allowing 259 passing yards per game. Their defense has just been abysmal this year. Got to take advantage of it this week. Jarrett Sinem, I'm so excited to see how he looks in the pocket, giving his playmakers opportunities. Look for, uh, don't be surprised if Marvin Mims and Jerry Judy are like the main focal points this week and not like necessarily a Jaleel McLaughlin or a Javante Williams. Yeah, I'll be interested to see for sure. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the last time we played the Chargers. We had, I believe, eight different screen passes or passes within two yards to the running backs. Um, and then... Javante obviously had one of his better games of the season that week too. So um, I think it would make a lot of sense for Sean Payton to come into this expecting the Chargers to think we're going to be very run first and then end up, especially with having a backup QB, some injuries on our wide receivers, and then end up going the other direction and airing it out a little bit towards the middle of the field, which is something we haven't done a lot all season. So. So let's go and jump into our offensive the uh, offensive player of the game predictions. Um, this is a guy who uh, who's stepping in, getting his first start. I'm going with uh, Jarrett Sidham, but I will say 
alternate pick, I do like Marvin Mims this week just because what we saw from Jarrett Sidham to Marvin Mims in the preseason in that Rams game, that 50-yard bomb. Don't be surprised if the Broncos actually use him and target him down the field like he should have been all uh, all 16 other weeks or whatever, all 15 other weeks. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see how he looks this week. Uh, but Jarrett Sidham, I, I have him for my player of the game. I have him going for like two touchdowns, one interception, and like 240 passing yards, something like that, maybe 250. I like it. I like it. That sounds good. That kind of goes hand in hand with mine. Um, I was actually, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but I am going to go with Judy just, uh, just in case, you know, Marvin and Cortland miss whether, whether or not Marvin's able to make it. I think yeah. Cortland's kind of unlikely at this point. I would love to see him out there obviously, but if he's still in concussion protocol, there's not much you can do there. But um, last game of the season last year played against the chargers um judy had one of his better games of that not only last year but would have been his best career game or year game for this year as well so my prediction for uh jerry judy we're gonna say over seven receptions 110 yards that's what we're looking for i like it I'm thinking somewhere like 80 to 90 yards, but man, 110, that'd be nice. Uh, I think Jared Judy, that'll be long overdue for him. We've been talking yeah. so much about him this this year on the podcast. Feels like we've been talking about him just as much as like a, a Russell Wilson, a Sean Payton, um, <laughs> any other player as well too, man. He just, he deserves his target share. And I'm so excited because I definitely uh, got a little bit, um, I was definitely preaching on our last episode because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people are after Jerry, Judy, and Javante Williams recently, and I had to let people know, like, it's pretty basic 101 football. Like, when you don't get the yeah. targets, you're not going to make plays, and when you do get targets, you're going to you, – you, you get the opportunity to make plays, and he's just not getting the opportunity. So, like, why does everybody say, oh, he's not he's not getting his, his targets for a reason? It's like we're not looking at the, the basis of the argument here. Like, the quarterback position is not played well. It's not – process the field how our average nfl quarterback mm-hmm. should so defensive player of the game i'm going with someone i think i haven't picked a single time this year um it's i mean second to last game of the year um i would like to see him uh ball out he's been actually getting some good pressure as of recent as of recently um, i'm going with uh zach allen i like his matchup at the interior this week nice yeah i think that's a that's a great pick we're gonna have to stop the run obviously last time that we played the chargers they weren't able to do a whole lot, but Austin Eckler was one of the few pieces that was consistently working pretty well um, for the one of few times this year, actually, as well. So that was a little discouraging, but hopefully we can slow him down. And if we are going to, I think Zach Allen's going to play a key role in that, which kind of leads me to my defensive player of the game as well. Um, I'm going to pick kind of a risky one here. This could bite me in the butt here, but I'm going to pick Alex Singleton. All right. The last last few weeks, he's been tackling, wrapping up pretty good. And again, I just think it's going to come down to can we force them to put the ball in Easton Sticks' hands? And if that happens, then I think that's the best chance at us for winning this game. I like it. Score predictions. I'm going uh, Broncos 23-13. to 13. Can't remember the last time I picked against the Broncos. Not going to do it. Got to stay optimistic. <laughs> There's still a 5% chance, just like uh, Jim Carrey uh, <laughs> and uh, Dumb and Dumber. You said, uh, tell me there's a chance. So. There's a, there's still a chance. Yeah, uh, I like it. Uh, I'm going Broncos with a 10 point dub this week. I just don't see the Chargers doing much offensively. Yeah, I'm pretty close. Similar boat. I actually wanted to uh, stretch it just a little bit from the last score. Just figured if we're operating a little bit more effectively, then somewhere right around 28 10 sounds good to me. Ooh. Broncos win. So 
Nice little blowout win with Jared Sidham. That'll get the yeah. Broncos Twitter and every all the feathers uh, rustling. Just um, add to the fire. Might as well make it as interesting as possible. <laughs> I, there's so many people getting mad at me for having optimism with Jared Sidham. It's like, dude, he's a quarterback one. Am I not supposed to yeah. support him? My bad. So I'll just people. go. I'll just go and be like you guys. Oh, screw, screw the Jared Sidham. Screw the Broncos. Literally. Russell, what do you want from us? I literally had someone tell me they're preying on Jared Sidham's downfall for this game. That's- <laughs> That's absolutely wild, insane. Bro. That is wild. Like, we're Broncos fans at the end of the day. Like, damn. Yeah. Man, I don't <laughs> Nothing yeah, to I don't say about that. I mean, one. I get being upset with the Rens- Russ benching, but um, I mean, I, I rooted for every single quarterback, like all 72 of them that we've had over the last six years. So, um, <laughs> you know. If I can root for Flacco in his Denver era before he had his elite comeback, then we, we should be fine with Stidham, I think, for a week. But I don't even want to talk about Joe Flacco. Ripon started games last year, like or two years ago, whatever it was. What are we talking about right now? <laughs> like, can yeah. it really get much worse than those? Well, that's going to be it for today's episode. Peyton, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Yeah, uh, where can everybody find you on uh, social media? Go ahead and uh, hit me up on Instagram, Twitter. It's underscore Peyton James. Everything's the same. Uh, should be looking to add a YouTube account here sometime in the mix. Nice. Um, so look forward to that too as well. And eventually down the line as well, one of my main side goals is uh, music. So be looking for that to start up as well. That's cool, man. I uh, like to Appreciate hear it. everybody. Uh, as the year is coming up, we're going to have our last episode of the year after the Chargers game. Make sure you guys set your goals, man. Set your goals. Goals are super important. Absolutely. Um, chase, chase what you love. No matter what anybody tells you, no matter what anybody tries to persuade you, no matter how down you get, anything like that, um, please just keep your head up, chase your goals, always do what you love. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to live regret not doing what you uh, love. So I think that's a that's a good way to cap off the show. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, um, please like, subscribe to the channel, comment down below. What are your score predictions? Closest one will get a uh, shout out on our next episode. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please show support over there as well. But with that being said, I'm your host, Amir Farrell, with today's amazing guest, Peyton Henson. To the next one, peace out, everybody. Peace.